Welcome to the Creatives in Focus podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Jens Bludinger. He's the author of The Darkness Within, The Chronicles of Lilith, Book 2. How are you doing today, Jens? Hi, James. Um, all good. Uh, can't complain. Uh, day off here in Malta, so went to the oh. beach. Oh, nice. Chill, chill out. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're out on Malta, right? Yeah. Yeah, that must be nice. Um, yeah, it's quite cool. I mean, we've had our fair share of heat waves uh, this summer, but now it's a bit more chilled, so at least not complaining so much about the heat. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I always like to start out this interview with a, a fun question or two. So, uh, so Jens, what is a what is your favorite season of the year? I would say summer, but okay. uh, it's it's slowly starting to change. To be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, cool. So, uh, how long have you wanted to be an author? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say I wanted to be an author. It's more like I wanted to write my stories, uh, and that has been for over 14 years, I would say, and I never got really got down to doing it because, you know, life and all of that. And uh, eventually I had to plunge uh, during COVID because of various reasons, maybe. But I had the free time and then, you know, I, I, I didn't even know what I was getting into, to be fair, because <laughs> otherwise I would have um, maybe taken another uh, another part. But, yeah, I would say that's that's how long I've been looking to write them. OK, OK. Is this your first series you got published or? Yeah, yeah. the first one was The Queen of Chords, which I published last year. All right, and, cool. Well, let's talk about The Darkness Within. So. The war's over, and um, Pishka, I hope I said that right, yeah. <laughs> he has a, a vision of something greater coming. So talk about uh, the book, the characters, what makes it such a, an engrossing read. Why should people pick your, your book up? Okay, so, well, um, obviously it's a sequel to the first one, and, and the, the Queen of Shards ends with, with, with this sort of big battle where... It finally gets hold of her shard again and is basically in a position to wield it to its full potential. But there's more to it and um, this this sort of obsession that she has at looking at the darkness within the the shard. And uh, Pishka suspects that uh, Lilith is this um, an incarnation of a, a greater mortal that represents ultimately nothingness. And in the legends um, of all, this nothingness has um, only one object in its in its um, sort of um, desire, which is absolute nothingness. So there, there is this contention between the different parties that um, Pishka wants to stop Lilith from getting, realizing her full potential. Lilith wants to discover herself and the, the, the secrets within the mirror and 
everyone else is trying to see how they're going to take advantage of this this newfound power in 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 the in the mirror so and and the shard so so it's all these different parties coming together and obviously um this is the, the story here evolves in a much sort of deeper and darker manner um, because it's sort of it's like all the different parties who we've kind of encountered throughout the, the the first book coming together and and you know seeing that conflict finally uh, so is this like its own fantasy world or is it set in our world um no it's its own fantasy world okay okay uh, but there's there's more to it and uh, i have to have to Obviously, no spoilers and all of this sort of stuff, uh, especially for people who have never read the first book. But um, this, so my the, the the genre of the book is metaphysical, dark fantasy, and sci-fi. So there's uh, the, the sci-fi element is something that I'm, I'm not going to expand upon okay. because obviously I don't, do, don't want to ruin it for people who are reading it. But yeah, I mean the, the base narrative is told within a within its own fantasy world. So, Okay, I gotcha. So, uh, metaphysical. So you're going into a lot into like the nature of reality in this one. Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. okay. that's cool. Um, so you have Lilith as your villain. I'm just, I'm just curious. Why did you pick her? Because obviously she's a, a mythological figure. So. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the, that, that I need to explain. I mean, the, there is a reason why character is named Lilith, and that is not necessarily the, the Lilith that is known from. Sort of, no, uh, I got that. I got that. I'm just saying, like you know, it, I'm just saying, like if if you're just were drawing anything from the mythology, or you just like the name, I mean. It's... Um. Yeah. Well, a bit of the, the mythology is a very fundamental premise. Um. She is in the mythology, as you might know, she is the, the created out of dust, much like Adam was created, and they are equals. And she did not want to submit to him, and she represents. This, this rebellious figure that decided to leave heaven and, and make her own way. Um, I would I don't draw from that story, but I draw from the spirit story that she is her own equal and uh, sort of her, her own person and, and able to um, walk away from the ideal. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Uh, so where did the soul idea for her come from? Where did the story? Or, yeah, where did you get the idea for the story from? So like, you know. <laughs> so it's it's a long time coming. To, uh, to be honest, this this Lilith character, predominantly one of them, and 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 Zane as well. Um, there are three three aspects I would say. The story, fundamental theme of the story, emerges from a principle that um, I I coined many years ago my early 20s uh, during uh, that's true <laughs> and it was basically uh, this idea that everything is nothing and nothing is everything and um that's that's the the, the the fundamental principle and me being a bit of an obsessive sort of self-proclaimed philosopher i try to always try to understand the nature of reality and life so so from there that's the underlying philosophy hence the metaphysical aspect of the story and what i'm aiming to tell fundamentally in the entire series is is a story about the meaning of life and and all its facets you know that come to it now now lilith per se is i would say a character that emerged i sometimes 
play this character in role-playing games. Same thing with Zane, and I just I just enjoyed the the, the dynamics of, of of the two and the challenges that that they have to contend with by being who they are. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, so you like uh, role-playing games? You like play tabletop or like more uh, yeah, uh, video game? So yes, uh, well both. I mean, when I was younger, I, I was an avid fan of like uh, the. Neverwinter Night series and, and you know those old Baldur Baldur's Gate games uh, stuff like that. So so those are the characters I would role play. And there were also these role playing games that from you know play among friends and I like fashion and it's more sort of it was more the drama rather than you know rolling dice and this sort of stuff. Um, because that 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 was fun, but it was also a bit slow paced. It was a way of I would say it's a way of telling stories. Yeah, no, I, I used to play D&D all the time. Like the tabletop stuff um, when I was in my 20s and yeah. my 30s. I don't have time for it much today. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I used to have a lot. So that's cool. And, uh, and of course, you like uh, you like philosophy. So I, I get that because you got the metaphysical stuff. So, yeah, no, because I'm... I do that. I'm writing this book series, and uh, I've been mm-hmm. I've been having these little epigrams at the start of the chapters. And at first, they were just for me to do world building, mm-hmm. but but now I feel like now I've run out of like world building stuff, so I started just delving into f- different philosophies. Yeah, <laughs> and just but, and co-opting them into my world. And uh, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what what ends up happening. And in fact, this epigram thing is that's something I I do in my books as well. At least just the first page before the whole thing starts. Yeah, no, I did it for every chapter, and I'm really regretting it on book five now. Because <laughs> <they're laughs> so there's hard. a lot to do. Yeah, because, like, you know, each book's, like, 36, 35, 36 chapters. And that's, like, 35, 36 different things I have to write at the start of each one. And they, like, they take as much time for me to come up with them as I do to outline, like, like I'll, I'll outline, like, five chapters, mm-hmm. and then I'll sit there and have to come up with these five epigrams. And sometimes they're easy, but sometimes I'm just sitting there going, like, what what do I put for this chapter? Yes, yes. A bit, a bit, a, it's a bit like how Frank Herbert does it in Dune. Yes, that's where I really got it from, because I really like those in Dune. Actually, I was thinking of including something like that into my next books, cause but, they're, 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 but it's more yeah. in the way, the fashion that it's done, because... Because that actually, I really find that it helps tell a bit of a story without having right and yeah. chapter. <laughs> yeah, so it's good for that because there's like there's like concepts that like the yeah. world's big, but I'm not really taking my characters all over the world. Uh, I've been really disappointed with how the story kind of just stuck in one place for all these books. I'm like, I really expected this to go around the world, and it really isn't. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, but it's fun because there's like, you know, I could put in some history and some philosophy and all, but it's actually like R. Scott Backer, his second apocalypse sort of meta series has this where he does like he has in universe like philosophy and theology uh, Mm -hmm. from his in universe scriptures and um And they give, like, they both, like, kind of tell, like, what the chapter's about, but yeah. also, yeah, and so, like, uh, I started doing, like, a, like analysis of his book, mm-hmm. and so I, I had to actually start looking at these epigrams and go, like, why did you put this epigram here, and, and getting more into it, where before I just kind of, like, mm-hmm. lost over them, and so... This well, like, they, they, yeah. they help frame the chapter better, I would yeah, say. They, they help frame the chapter, although I don't necessarily do that as well, because some of mine, I feel like they're serving other purpose but yeah oftentimes they are to like give more context to something that's in the chapter or to give like maybe a philosophy that's kind of on display or just the more maybe to focus on the sort of the greater theme of the series um so yeah 
All right. So uh, you got you got Darkness Within out. So are you um, you working on book three or is it just a duology? No, no, no. It's uh, to be honest, I, I'm not entirely sure how many books it's going to be. Okay. The look, the the book, the the series is split into like three sagas in a sense. Oh, cool. But it's again without spoiling much. It it's played across different realities in a sense. So the first two books are in one reality. The the next probably two or three is going to be in another, and probably there's going to be another one. Okay, but, cool. Although I have a vision to where it's going to end, and I have I, I know sort of thematically and philosophically what is the end result. There's obviously uh, a long journey between A to Z, and part of the exercise is getting there. I've done a lot of work in terms of preparation, so I'm I'm a I'm an obsessive planner. I have a mirror board. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a virtual whiteboard, which is the size of a football pitch at this point in time, with all the different ideas and and stuff oh, like that. Cool. So, yeah, I've, um, I, I should probably do that more. I've ex- sort of experimented with it with sort of flowcharts and stuff, but yeah, it, it, it's. Tricky. I mean, you, I need it because there's so much going on that otherwise I, I, it will just remain on my mind and it's, it's going to drive me crazy. I, I, I think way too much about the book on, on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I gotcha. <laughs> Sometimes I need to just pin it down and then it's, it's all about trying to, you know, you have so many narratives over different periods of time and how then to get all of this, put it into a, a book of a certain length and make it coherent and entertaining is is a task and a half. Eh? <laughs> so, okay. yeah, but all it's right. starting yeah. slowly, slowly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, I did have one more question. So you're writing the book in English, yes? Yeah. So is it uh, is it challenging writing in, um, in like a second language? No, I mean, English is my first language, and oh. in, in Malta we're bilingual, I mean, we, we, we speak oh, okay. Maltese and English, so no. It's, oh, okay, um, you, you grew up. Okay, okay. I didn't, yeah. sorry, sorry, I just, I saw your, I just assumed you grew up speaking like. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> German or, or Swedish or something, I wasn't quite sure where your name put you. <laughs> but okay. I'm German, but I spoke, I, I lived here all my life, and. Oh, sorry, English is my first language. Awesome. Okay, cool. Sorry. Well, then I guess there is no, uh, there's no challenge, other than the fact that English is just a, an awful language with horrible grammar rules that and spelling rules that don't make any sense. Well, other than that. Yeah, I mean, luckily, I would say, at least for, for my, I mean, I have a, I have a natural talent for languages. I also, my previous career, I studied law. So it is the oh. trait of words anyway. So you learn to become quite articulate and stuff like that. So it's it's not so much of an issue. My my only problem is is uh, attention to detail when it comes to grammar and this sort of stuff. So all the typos and stuff, I, I definitely need to do multiple edits and hire editors and proofreaders for, for my work because even to yeah. this day, sometimes I still keep finding things in my previous yeah that's definitely me i mean i remember my first novel i published like i went over to lunch my editor went over to lunch and then i released it and a friend of mine he goes like hey there's a typo in the first sentence of the book <laughs> and i went and i looked at it, i was like 
Yeah, there is a typo in the first sentence of the book. It's <laughs> like. So, yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just quickly fix that and re-upload it to Amazon. Luckily, you know, it was my first book, so no one bought it. So Yeah, and finally, <laughs> sometimes you count your blessings and that you make, you know, with it. like, oh, well, yeah. I didn't sell that much, you know, but then you like to fix a bunch of things. And yeah. Like, uh, thank God, you know. <laughs> well, uh, well, Jens, it's been great chatting with you. If you want to let uh, my our listeners know where they can sort of connect with you on social media. Um, yeah, I'm basically mainly I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook. The the handle is author Jens Bud J E N S B U D. Um, both in both cases, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Obviously, there's also my website, which is www.jensbud.com, and I guess that's pretty much it. All right, well, cool. That was really great chatting with you. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.